This is Behold, a VBC podcast. Our goal is to examine biblical truth that will better equip you to behold the glory of the Lord more fully in your daily life. My name is Dan Gillette, and today I'm joined by Sean Helch. We both serve as pastors at Valley Bible Church, and we're so grateful that you're here today for this conversation. We pray it's a blessing to you and that you enjoy it. Well, without any further ado, here it is, the Behold Podcast. Hello there and welcome back, hopefully from a nice, restful, holiday-filled break from the Behold Podcast, everybody. Yeah. Welcome. Yeah, it's good it's good to uh it's good to be back. Hopefully you know, as they say, absence makes the heart grow fonder. That's what I say every day. So what we tried to do is make make some room in your life for some Thanksgiving turkey, perhaps some stuffing, perhaps some uh I don't know, green bean casserole, some ham. We we wanted to leave room for you guys to enjoy all the goodness of God and feast with your family and friends. And so that's why we gave you a little a little behold break. How but, was your how was your Thanksgiving? Well, it was fantastic actually. Thank you. Woke up early, got a little workout in. Nice. Um, and then me and the boys went out and joined some some people from the Livermore community that we're involved with. So we're super plugged in with our school and like our kids' sports and all that stuff and like kids from the neighborhood. So there was a big gathering of about forty kids ranging from uh high school all the way down to, you know, like third grade. And wow. they they had they just we took over the field at Max Bear Park in Livermore and we had like three different games going and the kids just like played and then all the um, moms and dads came out and, you know, uh, just ate food and just kind of hung out. So that was how we started our day. It was really fun. Wow. Boys did good. Each each of them made some nice plays, scored some touchdowns, and uh, it was a really fun time. You know, football is a big part of Thanksgiving for our family. And when I say our family, I mean me. That surprises me because yeah. I, I know you're a football guy. <laughs> I know. It's, it's funny. So I kind of like force that on our family. I, you know, it's like a forced tradition yeah. that we have. And so it was great. But we, you know, we made it fun. We were able to kind of have a little something for everybody. And then we got, went home, cleaned up, went over to the in-laws. Shout out to Emily's family, the Updegraphs. They always host Thanksgiving and they just do an amazing job. I mean, it's like a, a banquet incredible food. Emily baked some pies. We watched the dog show. We watched some football. Wow. Packers, the Packers won. They beat the Lions. Oh. Oh. What else can you ask what for? What a day. What a great day. So yeah, definitely just enjoyed some rest and I uh, got to play some golf uh, the next day. So man, it was, what a blessing. Wow. Yeah. How about for you guys? It was great. Uh, man, I can't match all the football excitement that's right you know but it was great restful is not a word i would use probably oh you guys hosted huh we did host and then didn't you uh you uh went up in the air a little bit you you went uh fly did you go flying we flew the next the next day we didn't fly on thanksgiving okay, okay. um patty probably would have killed me because <laughs> so yeah, there's so much to do we were hosting her she has a big family you know that so it's yeah. like all of her family and then my sister came up with her husband and her daughter, and then my dad's partner, Maggie, came up with her kids. It was just it was a lot of humans in my house. Dude. Uh, but it was great. And, uh, you know, I'm not one to brag about turkeys, of all things, but we did two turkeys. Ooh. So many people, we did one kind of traditional, and then one we triggered, and 
smoked it. it. And we did we did last two years as well. But something about this one, it was like probably one of the only times in my life I've eaten turkey and been like, wow, this is actually amazing. Wow. You know what I mean? Like normally yeah. turkey's kind of like, yeah, I'll eat it. It's nice. It's nice with gravy on top. Yeah. Or whatever. Like yeah, in yeah. this other stuff. Yeah. Once you cover up what it is, then it's nice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you actually enjoyed the This it, one it was, was a winner. That's cool. Well, so so Emily's dad, Dave, again, shout out. He makes an incredible turkey. And I don't know if I'm allowed to say this on, on the air, but it's actually he, he spatch cocks it. Do you know yeah, what that is? I spatch cocked the trigger one. You spatch cock. Okay. So there, there's, that's a. Break it down for people that don't know what a spatch cock is. Okay. We need like a diagram here to <laughs> clear the air a little bit. But, you know, t- typically when you're in the oven with a turkey, it's sitting on its back and, you know, you guys, sure. you can all picture turkey. But the issue is turkeys are so big yes. that especially when you're cooking it in something like a Traeger or grill or whatever, where the heat is not super even, it's like mm, bottom up kind of thing. Right. Uh, it, it just, it, it cooks too unevenly. And that's why you get dry turkey because the outside will be overcooked and the inside still raw. You mm. know, it's such a big hunk of can't meat. Can't have it. Can't have it. So by spatchcocking it, you basically get in there. It's a little gruesome actually. You have to like pull the backbone out. Yeah. So basically you, 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 you cut out the entire spine Yeah. and it's, a little intense and then you <laughs> dig out the breastbone and everything and you crack it but anyways at that point then the whole thing opens up and lays flat that's amazing so instead of being this like turkey on its back it's like a splayed open turkey so it's effectively twice as wide but then half as deep you know? yeah 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 so it just cooks a lot more evenly and oh, stays more moist delicious spatchcocking who knew dude I love it well that's our podcast for today. Thanks for listening. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but anyways, yeah, it was a great time. And yeah, the next day the weather was perfect. So we, I flew my brother-in-law, Sean, over the Golden Gate Bridge. And that was great. So that was restful. That day was, was great. That's cool. And yeah, you know, I think especially just coming out of some of what we've been dealing with in the last three weeks or so, that was a nice break mentally. Yep. Um, and I'm sure a lot of you listening are feeling that same way. It's been a loaded month as a church family in some ways. Um, and yet in the midst of that, God is so good, right? That's in, right. In the midst of that, we're reminded um, just the sweetness of relationship, of family, both our own families, but also our church family, you know? And I was encouraged by that. Yeah. And then now here we are heading into December now, which is so crazy. Time is just flying by. Yeah. But Dan and I were talking before the podcast and, you know, this will just be a little, a little shorty, but we thought it'd be a good time to just remind ourselves and you guys who are listening uh, of just the peace that we have, you know, the midst of coming out of really hard stuff, like what we're going through as a church family, or in, in in the midst of walking into some crazy hard stuff or just crazy busy stuff. I think for all of us, uh, Christmas season can get a little hectic sometimes and kids wrapping up their school and all that kind of stuff before the break and just a lot going on, you know. And so it's it's nice to remind our hearts and souls of just the stillness we can have, but really more than that, really the peace that, that we have through our Lord. Right. Hmm. So maybe just to start us off here, um, you know, I was read a, a scripture that I think a lot of you've heard and we usually read every year at Christmas time. Uh, it's Isaiah nine is what I'm talking about. And specifically where Jesus is named, uh, with that, that term peace, but just for some context, you know, Isaiah is a prophet and he's speaking about, this dark period in Israel. He even refers to it as like, like, like a long night. It's like a, just a sad, gloomy time where there's suffering, there's oppression, there's, there's um, really self, self-inflicted suffering from how they're walking away from God and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But anyways, it's in response to that that he, in chapter 9, gives this promise of what's to come, right? 
And it's it's really inspiring when you think about the, the the type of trial that these people are in, hearing these words, these promises that Isaiah is speaking out. You know, he's saying, and there's people who have walked in darkness, but there's going to be a day where they're going to see a great light. Wow. You know, after we just finished talking about the, 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 the gloom and the night and all kind of stuff, he says that those who dwelt in that land of deep darkness, on them a light has shone. You know, so you can, it's, it's very beautiful language. And he talks about how they're, they're going to have increased joy. They're going to rejoice. There's going to be joy at the harvest. Such amazing things. And then yeah. he starts getting to the point of what is the mechanism for all of those things. What, who, who's going to bring that about, about those changes, right? So he says, for the yoke of his burden and the staff for his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. And again, he's using this, this language of, of victory and triumph. And it all comes down to this in verse 6. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Man, that's just so beautiful. Yeah. And what else do you need? Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's so much to unpack in that, but really just the nugget that we're hanging on to today is just that promise that the child born Jesus, the King Jesus, he is all those things, but man, he's the Prince of Peace. He's the bringer of peace and not just for Israel, but, but for, for you and I, right? Yeah. It's so cool. You know what it makes me think of when you were, when you were kind of painting that, you know, that, that dark winter, that dark night or, you know, whatever this, this idea of like, or this, this era in history where it's like, okay, God, are you going to, are you going to fulfill this promise? You know, like we're longing, we're waiting for the Messiah to come. And then all of a sudden this prophecy about the light coming and it makes me think of the shepherds in the fields. Yeah. So, so I always encourage you. I mean, some of us have been following Jesus for decades and we, we read this, this, the, the, um, Luke 12 or the Luke two passage that in the narrative of the birth of Jesus, we re- we read it every year and it can become old hat, but I just encourage you do whatever you get, you got to do to, to approach the wonder of Christmas with fresh eyes. Yeah. And maybe this will help because this idea of like a light shining in darkness and that's what happened to the, to the shepherds, right? They're sleeping in the fields. It's may- maybe the dead of night. Yeah. It's dark, you know? And then boom, all of a sudden, the glory of the Lord shone around them. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, that's, that's whenever you see in scripture, like that idea of glory of God, it's this, it's either this like weight of, of everything that God is, or it's this radiance of who God is shining. Right. Yeah. And so it makes sense that, it, that, it, that it's the, it's that radiance idea. And so the angels appeared to them. Of course they were terrified. Um, they say, don't be afraid, which I love. Um, and he, and they say, I've got good news. I've got tidings of great joy. And then in verse 14, it says, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. And that's what the messages were, or that's what the, um, angels were heralding. That's the message that they had. They said, Hey, the Prince of peace is coming. Yeah. The one who is, who is going to bring about peace to the earth between God and man and between man and man. So, 
um, yeah, I don't know. That's that's so so beautiful. Wow. Is it my turn, or do sure. you have any other thoughts? I mean, I'll talk all day. Go ahead. I know you will. I <laughs> <laughs> don't want to step on your toes. Well, yeah, I was just thinking about you know this moment that we're in as a church, this trial that we're going through, and all of us are processing in so many different ways. And when we when we don't see eye to eye on a particular issue related to this trial, there can be hostility between our brothers and sisters in the body of Christ. And what I was reminded of today as we were, as I was thinking about peace is that through Jesus's death on the cross, Hmm. he made a way for that hostility that we can have between people or people groups. He made a way for that, those walls of hostility to be, to be torn down. I want to read in Ephesians two. We'll just kind of walk through this um, starting in verse 11 and I'll read some and then we'll make some comments and, and hopefully this will be a help to us not only in this, in this Christmas season where things can be so hectic and we can get stressed out or anxious uh, or lose our peace, <laughs> um, but also in this season of trial that we're walking through where we can be at each other's throats. Yeah. This is a good reminder for us to, to return to the cross, to look at Jesus, the Prince of Peace, who made a way for us to have peace. So... Um, Paul writes to the Gentiles, remember one time you used to be called the uncircumcision by the circumcision, right? So he's basically saying, remember there was this time where you weren't in the fold of God. You were separated from Christ. You were alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and you were strangers of the covenant of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. Mm. It's a pretty bleak picture. Again, sure to, to that, uh, that idea that in Isaiah of just this, like, this dark moment with no hope. Verse 13, But now, in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace. He who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, therefore killing the hostility. So let's think about this for a second. So there is this deep-seated... <laughs> long-standing hostility, hatred, animosity between Jews and Gentiles. I mean, we see it in the world today. I mean, yeah. it's, it is brutal, the hatred that exists. And a lot of it has to do with uh, just a diff different way of viewing the world, different way of understanding about God and, and how to live righteously before God. You know, these ordinances, these different ideas. And what Paul is telling us in this passage is that Jesus through the cross by the spilling of his blood to atone for our sin, he made a way for us to not only have peace with God, but to have peace with each other. And that he has, he has killed the hostility that exists between Jews and Gentiles. And if, 
if those two people groups in the name of Jesus, by the power of the blood of Jesus can bury the hatchet, we can bury the hatchet too. Not in each other. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> exactly. But we, we can treat each other and be with love and respect and humility and walk in peace, even if we don't agree as we're going through this trial, Amen. right? Because I've talked to so many people who, man, they just, they're seeing, they're processing things differently. They're seeing things differently. And what would it look like for us to, um, to walk in this peace that Paul talks about in Ephesians two, verse 17, I'll keep reading. It says, and he came and preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. And through him, we both, so both Jews and Gentiles, both this side and that side, okay? Yeah. We both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. And uh, don't you just love Paul for his run-on sentences? There's a lot going on in there. But Paul is, is painting this picture that, hey, don't let hostility exist in the household of God. You were made to be one in the Spirit. You were made to be members of the same household with Jesus as the foundation, as the, as the chief cornerstone. And n- nothing can come between that. Um, and so... Yeah, I just as I as I'm thinking about the amazing reality that the Prince of Peace came so that we could have peace with God, I'm also super aware of the implications that that has for our relationships with each other. That the dividing walls of hostility have been torn down, and um, we need to live as if that's the case. Yeah, it's so good, um, and, and I love just a phrase you said before you read that last section about just you walking in that peace, mm-hmm. you know? Um, cause I think it, it implies that there, there's work to do on our end. You know, if we want to live in peace and experience peace, we can't just sit there and wait for it to come to us. Mm-hmm. We, we need to do some active stuff on our end, cultivate it, cultivate it. And what yeah. it comes down to is, is returning to Jesus <laughs> yeah. to remembering what you just read about what the gospel has secured for us. Right. And that reminds me of speaking of the, the walking thing, that was Ephesians 2. So later on in Ephesians 6, when Paul's wrapping up, he's giving that picture of the armor of God and all of that, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's so interesting because he, he gives these really powerful statements about how we arm ourselves to live life as Christians and do battle and defend ourselves, you know, and you got our salvation and our righteousness and our belt of truth, you know. But then do you remember what the shoes are in the thing? It's peace, right? It's the gospel of peace. He says, so yeah. shoes for your feet put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. Yes. I just love that it's picture so of, like, what a strange sentence at first. Mm-hmm. But you think about it. I love what that communicates when you really think about it. That, I, that I, I'm going to put on my shoes and in doing so, I'm ready for whatever comes because of the gospel of peace. Yeah. And even like get more of just visual with it. Like, what if that was our stance as a church family that... I mean, what's the last thing you do before you walk out of the door? You put on your shoes. So <laughs> you know? I love that. Like, what if that was just a little mantra we had in our hearts of, as I walk out this door and I'm going to put on my shoes physically, but also I'm going to remind my heart and my mind of the gospel of peace that has been given to me. Yeah. What has been secured for me. And I'm going to walk out that door now 
ready to fight for and ready to experience peace in a way that I wouldn't be able to if I wasn't thinking about Jesus, right? Yeah, and and you know what that looks like to me? The things that I've been experiencing this past three weeks, the way I've had conversations where they've been, it's been peaceful, I've had conversations where it has not been peaceful. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I've had moments where I felt, you know, I'm like, this. okay, there's tension here, there's turmoil here, there's hostility here, right? And the times where I'm, I'm experiencing freedom from that, when I'm experiencing peace in a relationship with my brother or my sister, it's, it's when I'm not, I'm talking less and I'm listening more. I'm talking less and I'm praying more. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm communicating less about what I think and I'm returning to what, what does God think in his word? Yeah. And whenever I can keep the, the, the conversation on track with those things, guess what? I experience the peace of God. Yeah. <laughs> if, if I'm not able to, um, you know, keep that focus there. That's when you, that's when you punch the person in the face. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Sorry to all those people I punched <laughs> the last few weeks. No, I haven't. I think God, I haven't done that, but you know, do you get what I'm saying? Like it's, no, of course it's and not it, rocket science, right? It's, it's not rocket science, but, but it is. And I don't want to belittle this. Like it, it is sneaky how this kind of division comes about or how mm-hmm. hostility comes about. And especially with the nature of, this specific trial with our church family, it's like, I've had really similar conversations. And so many of them, they start out from a place of not just wanting to hurt people or wanting to stir up drama and division. You know, it comes from a place of their hurt and concerns and, and they're defensive of people who they feel are being hurt, their brothers or sisters, yeah. you know? Yeah. So it's so easy to start off in that place of what feels like righteous anger, you know? Yeah. But then when you're losing sight of those things you just listed, you just dig into it. I think Satan does his work. Mm. And all of a sudden, before you know it, you're just railing on people that don't deserve that, you know? Um, But I think that 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 same starting place of righteous anger for people or circumstances or whatever. Whatever your conviction is or whatever whatever your assessment is. When you're really filtering that through the gospel of peace when you're really filtering through, man, I am so angry that this has occurred, or I'm so angry that this person was accused of this, or I'm so angry of this, or whatever whatever you want to insert for your thing there, that how you respond to that is completely different when you pair it with what has Jesus accomplished victory over and promised in my life right now? Yeah. You know? Because when you do that, you're reminded, oh, Jesus has already secured eternal perfection and well-being and and wholeness hmm. for all of his people right yeah oh i'm reminded that i'm not the judge here i'm not the bringer of justice <laughs> That's so good. it's my father in heaven yeah who's charged with that right i go back to uh you know jesus's example of what did he do he doesn't threaten he doesn't revile people he doesn't yell at them he doesn't whatever he just continues entrusting himself to him who judges justly Wow, that's the gospel. I can remind myself of that and I can do that, right? That's so good. So again, everything you just listed of, yeah, it's so easy to in those moments and those hurts, which are real hurts for sure, it's easy in those times to get too self-focused, right? But to bring it back to what you read in Ephesians 2 of just, man, we're, we're meant to be a, a new type of family. Mm-hmm. We're, we're looking out for each other. We're being melded together as we follow our cornerstone Christ into this beautiful body. So 
I know that was a lot, but all that to say, man, as we gear up for holiday season and Christmas, man, how can all of us really embody and demonstrate what it looks like to be that radically different kind of family that can navigate these hard things in a way that is totally uncompromising when it comes to love and peace, right? Yeah. Let me read one more thing and then I'll, I'll be done for my, for, for I've said my piece. Wow. Different kind of piece. Uh, Okay. And I was just thinking, you know, just as you were saying, like, Hey, it's okay. We put our shoes on, right? The gospel of peace. Like, as you remember these gospel truths, let's really think about that. Like it's the last thing we do before we go out and start our day. This might be a meditation that can help you uh, do that. So Romans chapter 12, some great stuff in there. It's titled, the section is titled marks of a true Christian. And so it's, it's, it's these staccato kinds of um, things that Paul lists. It's like, Hey, you know, love what's good. Hate what's evil. Um, you know, live generously, forgive people, like all these beautiful things, hard things, <laughs> but beautiful things. But let me just read these handful of verses. And I think this, man, if, if our church could walk in these things during this hard trial that we're walking through right now, I think there would be some really beautiful fruit. So just listen to this church family. Verse 14, Romans 12. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. Wow. So as far as it depends on you, church family, live peaceably with some? Everybody. <laughs> with the pe- Just the people you like? No, everybody. Just the people you agree with? Well, especially them, but everybody. <laughs> right. Live peaceably with all. Mm-hmm. Pretty sure. I looked at the original language. Pretty sure that means everybody. everybody. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And just to harp on that shoe thing more, I mean, just it's too easy. Again, we got, we got an enemy who really wants to mess us up, right? Really wants to make us hate each other and hate the Lord and just walk away from him, all those kinds of things. So... That's the world we live in. That's the trail we're walking on. Mm. You know better, right? If you're going to go walk on this rocky, hard, thorny trail, put your shoes on. Mm. Right? Come on. Preach put your it. shoes on. The, the gospel of peace frequently. The Lord wants to do in both in your, your life and the lives around you. Amen. All right. I'm going to sign off, sign us off officially uh, with, I guess, one plug and then one, one, one benediction over you. Here's the plug. Uh, Christmas series starts this Sunday at both campuses. It's called the Promised Prince. How fitting! Oh, be there, be there, guys. It's gonna be, it's gonna be amazing. We're gonna sing, we're gonna sing some Christmas songs, some more. We started the Christmas song uh, fan f- fanfare last week. We did to come that long. Expected Jesus. Wow. What you guys do? Did you guys do, we do Christmas? Held, we held off. We held oh, okay, off. you're gonna let it. You're gonna let it drop this week because it felt weird. Just with like we're still talking about Luke. I just wanted to be like a we're all in. Yeah, I love it. Know? No, I respect that. I respect that. But with an Advent kind of making it, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. just a weird time. Anyways, come to church on Sunday. It's gonna be great. We're bringing it Christmas season. All right, I'm gonna read this to you over you 
And then we're going to sign off. We love you dearly. Thanks for listening. We'll see you soon. It's from second Thessalonians chapter three. This is Paul speaking. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times in every way. Hmm. The Lord be with you all. Amen. Bye. Peace. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe for future episodes of Behold. If you would like more information about Valley Bible Church, or if you'd like resources from this episode, go ahead and check out vbc.online forward slash behold. Catch you guys next week.